0: But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, aka K.D. And oh boy, this is going to be a fun one today. This is going to be a fun one today because we are going to be diving into how leaning into your own authentic self can actually be the superpower that takes you to a whole nother level in sales. if we think about the sales industry, right? We have a diversity problem, right? One of my good friends, Cynthia Barnes said, it's been old, it's been pale, male and stale for too long. <laughs> And I have someone on the show today to talk about how leaning into the opposite, leaning into the unique skill sets and personalities as a woman, not only can separate you, but help you rise the ranks in your career. Because I have Heidi Solomon Orlick on the show today. Heidi is the Vice President of Global Sales at VXI Global. She has driven revenues and personally closed over a billion dollars in her career. She is the founder and CEO of Girls with a Z, Girls Who Sell. And if you're watching me right now, she actually sent me a hat (laughs) in the mail because she knows I'm a black hat aficionado. So we are going to be diving into this career path and how leaning in, going against the grain, has actually helped her in her career. And now she's helping so many others. Heidi. Welcome to the show,
1: Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped about this.
0: Oh, like when I, I came across the profile and I dove into Girls Who Sell, and I was like, "She's got to be on the show." <laughs> I was like, "She needs to be on the show." And so when when I hit you up and I said, "All right, like what's what's the superpower? Where where do we want to take this conversation?" I thought your answer was very cool and very unique. Where it was, well, it was I, I want to talk about leaning into the skills of being a woman. Now, I've never heard it phrased that way before, right? The unique things there, right? That you leaned into. So let's go backstory here a little bit. Cause you're like, you know, I was told to act like a man. I was told I had to present myself a certain way. Let's talk about kind of what triggered this, this path.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I started in a sales career about 35 years ago. So it ages me a bit, but uh, you know, it, was and continues to be incredibly male dominated in professional sales. I love Cynthia Barnes and her representation of that. I mean, she just nailed it. It's that is perfection. And uh, you know, when I started out, there weren't a lot of female role models. Um, I didn't, you know, my my mom was a traditional stay at home mom. Um, my father was one of the best salespeople that I ever knew, and and probably was. Uh, the person that I emulated the most, you know, as I was considering a career in sales. But like so many other women, I fell into it. It definitely was not an intentional career choice. But when I got into it, um, I realized that I didn't, um, you know, I, I didn't really understand what it was going to take to be successful. And so because there were so many men in the industry, um, the guidance I was given and a lot of the books that were out there and and some of the, the thought leaders in in sales and sales process, you know, was, well, just be like a man, right? Like that's the way to be successful in sales. And if you can master that, you know, you should be able to have a long and illustrious career. And I tried that. And guess what? I really sucked at it. <laughs> um, it felt inauthentic to me. It was not, um, a sustainable way of, of being. And, you know, I was uncomfortable in it because at the time, uh, a lot of deals were being made on the golf courts and, and in bars and, you know, strip clubs and, and, uh, whatever. Right. Like, um, it was a very different kind of sale, you know, than it is today which is much more consultative and uh, so I decided that that didn't work for me and I was just going to lean in to my innate skills of being a woman uh, and really uh, amplify my femininity and ultimately KD that is what has ended up serving me well and being my superpower. Because it is a competitive differentiator.
0: True story it is. And we're going to unpack all of this. Like, <laughs> I'm so pumped to, to go here right now because one of my favorite things to ask as, as a leader, I encouraged my you know, team to do this too, is like, what if we did the opposite? And I lo- always love to ask that question. Like, what if we did the opposite? Like, This is what we're doing. What if we did the opposite? And it sounds like you had that same trigger event. It's like, everyone's telling me I need to be this way. And then you made that trigger of like, well, what if I did the opposite? What if I leaned into who who I am here? So let's talk about what that means, right? When you started to lean into your unique skills, your authentic self, what changed?
1: I realized that um, that there were some skills, and and I I I want to frame this as a you know to say that I don't want to put people into boxes. That is not my my thing. There are some men that, you know, have very good emotional intelligence skills. um, And there are some women who act more like men and it serves them well. Right. So, you know, both sides of the spectrum. But for me, I can only share from my perspective um, that I realized that um, being more feminine was a, you know, was an advantage and actually Um, the buyers at the time, and it's changing too. So we can unpack this a little bit as well. But um, you know, we're also very male that we're in decision making capabilities at the companies that I was selling to. And so I realized that, you know, my innate traits of being a really good listener, um, coming from a place of empathy, really focusing on understanding my product and the benefit of my product or service that I was selling versus just a sort of schmoozing, used car salesman relationship type thing, which, you know, worked, right? But for me, it didn't. Um, So really focusing on, you know, being able to Expand my knowledge of the service that I was selling so that I could sell at all levels of the organization. I'm super detail oriented. I'm incredibly process oriented, which is sometimes surprising as a salesperson, right? But those are the things that I was really good at. Um, I'm a problem solver. I like. Uh, taking on challenges and being faced with those challenges and figuring out how to move move the needle and make a difference, and then I'm a relationship builder. So um, I, it, for me, none of the sales that I was focusing on were one and done. Like I was going to come in and then leave and throw it over the fence. Um, you know, I just was really focused on building long term relationships and understood. That especially in a complex sales process, this is not an overnight thing. You know, it it definitely takes time um, to build to build those relationships. So that's just some of the things that I you know was able to focus on. I was a good active listener. You know, men and women have different listening skills. I think, um, you know, women tend to listen to um, understand, whereas men tend to listen to respond. And so I really took a step back and realized that it was important to listen to my prospects so that I could truly understand their pain points. And think about that 35 years ago. I mean, that was, I guess, pretty progressive uh, in terms of an overall approach. And I've just continued to build on on those skills. I mean, today it's called, you know, EQ. That wasn't even a thing back then, but it was. You know, I was doing that before it was even cool.
0: Mm -hmm. I want to take one step, like, um, because there's a lot I want to unpack here. Because I also agree with everything you're saying right now. Um, but uh, one thing I want to unpack is, I'm trying to think how to ask this question. Why did you stay? So you were in an environment that you were being told to do things a certain way, and instead of getting out. You evolved. Yeah. Why? Like, you get what I'm asking here? Because I think sometimes, you know, women, you know, it's always touches So like, you know, women can get into that situation. They don't like it. So then they leave it and they go to something that where you stayed and evolved. Why? Like what? What? Like you get what I'm asking? Me, is like I do. Many, like I do, like and
1: 22. it's probably because I'm stubborn as hell, <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't gonna let it beat me. I was a competitive athlete. I was an alternate on the U.S. Equestrian Team. I grew up um, eventing, and uh, you know, for me, taking on these challenges was. Uh, not something that I was going to shy away from. So, you know, perhaps it's just <laughs> I was I was out to prove, prove a point and I was really good at what I did. So I closed a lot of business. I was super successful. I was making... Really good money. I was in the top percent, one percent of my industry. Absolutely, a hundred percent for sure. I was always making Presidents Club. So, despite the sort of culture and, and environment, I was able to find my way and do it my way. And uh, and then what became important was, and I guess now the reason I my life's mission is really running Girls Who Sell. Is because I wanted to show other women how how to do it. Because I think you're right. I mean, turnover in sales is really high. A lot of women get into it, and they're like, "Oh God, this is so not for me." Right? This whole bro culture thing is just, "I'm out." Right? And um, you know, so showing women how to navigate through that and how to be successful and still you know, be able to look, balance life's demands and family and all the other things that we have going on. I mean, I'll listen, through this whole thing, I gave birth to three children and uh, raised three boys and, and, you know, have a 28 year marriage. And um, so that was it. I also really loved what I did, you know? Um, so I, I, you know, I love solving business problems and I got to work with some really cl- cool clients in industries along the way. As the BPO industry evolved um, from, you know, just being very commoditized and US-based to starting to become more international, I grew with the business. It's sort of like a fish growing to the size of its tank. And so as the industry evolved globally, I've gotten to work all over the world, travel all over the world, work with people from, you know, very diverse cultures. I've created thousands and thousands of jobs. So not only a r- lot of revenue for the companies that I work for, but for me, you know, what, what I do is not necessarily brain surgery, but I love the fact and what gets me up in the morning is that through my sales, um, you know, success, that I'm also able to, to generate jobs for people around the world and people, the trickle down effect of that is is enormous. So you know, it wasn't only to just prove someone wrong and prove that I can do it, but I really genuinely loved what I did. You know that what I do and what I did and the impact I was having in the world. And now I'm all about showing other women how to do that.
0: I love that that because like that is something where you know, oftentimes in life, you know, something is harder, is challenging. We have to make that choice. Do do we evolve? Do we lean into it, or do we just make a change? And so I love like you. you you called out, it was hard, but then it's still hard, it. <laughs> yeah, it's still hard, right? We're far from perfect in any of this right now. And that's actually kind of two lanes. I want to take this. I want to go down one lane of like, you know, specific to women, right? Like how, how, how you empower them, what they can do. But then I also then want to flip it to the flip side of like for you know, male led teams and male leaders in the industry, what they can and should be doing to better support women. In the industry, because I agree and I am on record saying this, that women are better at sales than men for a lot of the reasons that you've listed tend to be better listeners tend to be more empathetic. My personal favorite is they also tend to use more descriptive language, Truth. emotion. We all know this is hilarious, right? We know people make decisions emotionally. Descriptive language triggers emotion. Right. Whereas males tend to be more a like zero one versus like descriptive language, getting into the emotion behind the sales, I also think is very important here. So let's go down the path of like, you know, to the women that are in sales right now or considering, how do they lean in? Like how how do they lean into some of these things? The listening, the empathy, the understanding, like how do they lean into that more? And really own that versus trying to evolve into something that they are not and should not be.
1: Yeah, I I love love that. Th- those are great questions. And when you talk about you know emotion, I think that's another thing that I didn't mention, but I think women are very naturally good at is storytelling, right? And so, um, you know, I think when you're when you when you base um, your approach on telling stories, it does trigger that emotion and that. That that results in a much stronger connection, right? And and listen, at the end of the day, we're in the people business, and we're about connecting, so that is really important. Um, You know, I'll I'll take it in two two routes because um, girls. So there's women who are already in sales, right? And then there are women who are not even aware that sales is a viable career option for them. So let me tackle the first first thing first. Um, you know, for women who are already in sales, I really, uh, when I mentor them, I really coach them to try to uh, get in touch with their authentic selves. So what what is it um, that is their um, that is their superpower, and an exercise that I take women through a lot as I'm coaching them or mentoring them is to begin uh, unpacking or taking a look at some of the pivotal pivotal moments in your life, um, and they can be big, massive, big decision moments of you know, do I keep dating the guy that I'm dating or do I break up with him and marry? this other person or whatever, right? Like big moments or a death in the family or, you know, the, like there's big things that happen and at those transformational moments and crossroads in your life, you make decisions, right? Um, and then there's micro moments along the way, right? That um, have, an, have an impact and beginning to take a look at what decisions that you made at those moments and how do you leverage that as your superpower, so uh you know I'll I'll give you an example, right? Um for me, uh when I was 12, so I grew up in a in a family where um you know we didn't talk about our emotions very much, right? And it was a time, uh think about the 19 early late 1950s, early 1960s when I was, you know, 12 years old and um Moms and dads didn't argue in front of their children, right? They argued behind closed doors. And this was an evening where um, my mother and father were gotten a huge fight, um, and I it woke me up. And I was sitting in front of their bedroom door, listening to them argue. And uh, my dad subsequently walked out of the door and looked at me and said, "I just can't take it anymore. I am out of here, right? I am out." goodbye and left. And my mom looked at me and said, um, you know, Heidi, I just want to tell you, if you learn one thing, never rely a hundred percent on a man and always have your own money. And she went in and slammed her door. Now I'm 12, right? And I'm like, what do I do with this? So it's probably no surprise that um, I entered into a career where I could have financial independence. It's probably no surprise that I married a man that ended up being a stay-at-home dad and I was um, the primary breadwinner. And it's probably no surprise that I now run a company that teaches women how to have financial independence, right? So that's an example of pivotal moments. But how did that serve me, right? Um, because some of the, these things, you know, um, it, and maybe I went down into a completely different rabbit hole and didn't answer your question. But when I, when I was talking, when I talk to women, I try to have them get in touch with some of these moments and what is serving them well and what is not serving them well. Cause sometimes your superpower can also be your biggest detriment, right? Um, you know, I'm really good at, process but sometimes i'm too process oriented and i don't have the ability to think out of the box that's an example um so it's like it's your superpower and then how do you how do you utilize that and leverage that as a part of the the, um the sales process so that you can be successful so those are some of the things that um you know i help coach women um with and whenever i hear you know, I feel like I have to be more like a man or, um, you know, I see women making those decisions. I really try to guide them and lead them down, getting in touch with um, their femininity and their innate skills as a female. So that sort of answered the question one. Then there's, you know, okay, working with like at Girls Who Sell, we work with mostly college-age young women now, but also also high school women. We've even started getting younger, KD. So even positioning sales, you know, with ten-year-olds and twelve-year-olds, you know, um, because they they're not even aware that sales is a viable career alternative for them. And what I what I hear a lot from these young women is one, sales is awful; it's icky. Um, You know, you have to you all you do is spend your time, you know, selling people things that they don't need. And so I have to go through an education process to show them that that is not the truth and start breaking down some of those myths um, that are barriers of why women don't go into sales. Right. So that's the first thing. But then the second thing I hear is, okay, well, maybe sales is cool, but I don't have the personality for it. And so I ask them, what does that look like for you? Like, what does that mean? What personality do you think you need to have in sales to be successful? And then I take them through, um, you know, we have a personality archetype um, a quiz um, in our Girls Who Sell Academy that helps them frame that and to turn they're like, well, I'm shy or I'm introverted or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm analytic. And I'm like, yes, you are. And guess what? That is your superpower. That is exactly why you're going to be successful in sales. And there are so many different directions that you can take your sales career and leverage that, you know, to be, to be successful. So that was a long-winded answer to your first, first question.
0: Uh, No, I was a good answer to the first question. There's no such thing as long or short. There's only interesting or uninteresting, right? So like, no, that was a good answer to it. Because there's a few things I want to unpack there, because you you really started to touch on it towards the end there. It's like, I believe sales has an attraction problem just as much as it has a retention problem when it comes to women in sales, right? So there's the retention, that's one side, but you just started touching on it a bit. There's an attraction problem. Of like how do we make it more appealing do people understand i go through the same conversations in the black community yeah same idea of like we have an attraction problem we're not attracting people to sales enough so can you touch on that just a little bit more it sounds like so you're getting are you getting involved with schools like how are you getting this message out there more
1: often? yeah we are so we're working uh, primarily with colleges and with high schools and we're bringing our girls who sell academy the first program that we launched with our hashtag explore sales program and it does exactly what it says it's it it's a um training program that says you know what is professional sales why should you consider a career in it what kind of career options are there uh why are girls good at sales right what are you know we talk about imposter syndrome and overcoming limiting beliefs and um, you know, you know, how to, and confidence, right. Building confidence, because those are all issues that, um, that women, particularly young women face, right. Um, in, you know, and particularly at that, that age. And then we do go through this whole thing about, you know, the personality archetypes and being able to, to assess what are your strengths? Um, what are your innate skills? Um, what are the advantages of those skills but what are some of the areas of opportunities um, that you might face you know if you are bringing that kind of personality skill set to the, to the table but the main thing is begin to br- break down some of the, um, the myths about um, what sales what sales is and um, per- particularly around how to navigate through the, the bro culture to be to be successful. Um, so yeah, we're working with colleges. Um, we We are partnering with uh, uh, organizations. A lot of different organizations right now because the the course is 100% free to students and even to the universities. Um, We're 100% subsidized by corporate sponsorship. So we bring together colleges, corporate sponsors that align with our values and have a real commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion and to diversifying their sales team and partner that with them with mentors. And that's sort of the three-legged stool of our program um so that's yeah that's what we're doing so my goal is i am so like a fan of of girls who code and what they what they have done in stem um i want i it, but you know schools are not teaching sales and and it's important or they tuck it in under you know their marketing or their entrepreneurship or their business programs and maybe there's there's a course that needs to change um and we need to show women that sales is a viable career choice for them that's going to be able to provide them with their you know not only financial independent but an ability to really impact business and impact the world
0: i love our love are you in touch with howard dover at ut dallas
1: i am not
0: okay we're going to talk offline he he leads the sales program at ut dallas so i Put y'all in That's, touch because I think that uh, this is
1: perfect. That sounds so, great because okay. I'm going to be in Dallas. I just we'll talk to you in line, but we we have the heels to deals. You know, we launched our book this year, um, and the heels to deals, um, which was you know my my vision for that book. You know, as I you know you you talk about empowering women, but. You know, as I thought about how do I go to these colleges and universities and really demonstrate that sales is a great career, uh, and you know, to me, representation matters, and you know, these young women can't be what they can't see, and so um, giving them exposure to women, diverse women from around the world, who are at the top of their game and successful in career in their careers was really important to me so that's what heels to deals was we brought together over 30 women um that share their stories um from incredibly diverse backgrounds and um you know and anyway we're going to be in dallas doing a, a book signing but um in in june so anyway
0: okay I, i'm gonna link y'all up so think that's perfect. and that was that was a bomb right there. And I don't know if that's something you said a bunch of times or that just came out. But they can't be what they can't see.
1: Yep, yeah.
0: That. That's phenomenal. Like, I've never heard it phrased that way before. And I think that's so, so true. Because it is. We talk about these cultures. If they have so, no one to look up to, if they don't see themselves somewhere, they can't aspire to that. And I think that's so important. Because I want to touch on one thing. Um, you know, you have said it a few times. Of, you know, this idea of like, you know, sell more like a
1: man. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think there's probably a lot of men leaders listening right now going, I would never say that without understanding how they actually say that without saying it. Right. And so things that come to mind to me is like, you need to talk less. You need to talk less. You need to be more professional. You need to slow down, de- like, and there's the, 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 the microaggressions,
1: micro-aggression, right?
0: Aggression, which you don't even think about. So, can you touch on that a little bit, kind of on the flip side now of like, you know, the sales industry, sales leaders, of like the things that maybe we don't understand that we're doing that do make women feel
1: this way? Yeah, my favorite it, that I've been, you know, that I've heard a million times as I was the only woman in the meeting is, oh, Heidi will take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi will Heidi, can you bring the coffee and donuts? Um even even now, even today. Um, so yeah, I mean, I you know, the microaggressions are are there and I, I love to give men the benefit of, of the doubt that um, you know, that they're they're coming from a heart-centered place and they're trying to do the right thing and and not all men are. I mean, some, you know, are really about being aggressive and, and trying to demean women. Um, so I do believe there are those leaders out there. But for the most part, um, I, I believe that men are really committed to um, diversity and, and to bringing women into their sales team. And the reason why is because, <laughs> the sorry, my dog, but the reason why is because um we're better at sales. And so men are not they've got they've sort of gotten smart, keen on and very smart on, you know what? Um if I can exponentially increase my revenue and I can accelerate deals through the pipeline and I have a much higher closing percentage. Um you know, because just on just about every single way that you can measure sales, women generally um, outperform their male counterparts. And so as a man, you know, I think they're catching on. They're like, huh, we need to add more women into our team. But it needs to be, to your point, it can't just be a box checking exercise. It can't be a, um, uh, you know, what I hear a lot is, well, we want to bring more women on but we just they don't apply right like we just can't find um
0: can't find them that's the one that gets me all the time we can't
1: find them them. and i'm like are you really looking that hard but that plays into also recruiting strategies language that's used in recruiting ads um and i think that there is some focus right now because it's been brought to the attention of you know people in HR and hiring managers and recruiters that they need to make some changes uh, in the way that they go, go to market that is going to appeal to more diverse candidates. Um, And so, um, you know, we're far from, from being there, but at least I think there's an awareness of that's why, maybe that's why you can't find them because Uh, women are not applying. The other thing is, and I know there's, you know, you've probably heard this said before, um, there's some data around, you know, that women, you know, if they don't um, meet a a high percentage of the job qualifications that they tend to not apply for a job versus um, a man is more confident, uh, you know, if they meet 50, 60 percent, they're like, I got this, right? Like, that's a good batting average, right? 50, 60, I have a shot. Whereas a woman is like, "Mm, I'm not, I don't know that I'm qualified and I don't want to waste the time of the recruiter or the company. And I don't want to put myself in a position of rejection, right? And so, you know, we've been working a lot with women to encourage them to apply anyway, regardless of whether they can check 100% of those boxes. But it also plays into recruiting because. It's like, do you really need you're you're hiring for an entry level SDR position and you want them to have five years of of experience kind of thing? It's like, do you really need that? Do you? And so mm-hmm. pushing back um, when it comes to men and microaggressions, I think that they're just, they, uh, you know, I have met and you know incredible group of men that are just so passionate about allyship and supporting women in business and i i I have such an incredible appreciation for them but i think educating themselves you know about the issues um really making a concerted effort to try to understand um and listen and and then try to make changes. So the one thing is you get women in, okay, because maybe you change your recruiting language, maybe you, you know, change where you're recruiting, but then how do you retain them? So you need to begin as men in leadership positions and even as women too, but as men in, in leadership positions to understand what it's going to take. So to provide them with the right training, to provide them with a culture and benefits that's going to, support the, um, you know, the, the incredible responsibilities that a woman um, takes on relative to family and, and work and and all of the other things that, you know, kind of fall on our plate, right? Um, so creating a culture and, and, and then also providing, you know, very clear c- career pathing um, opportunities so that you can move them into the pipeline. I think the big
0: change. I want to jump in there real quick, so I have a question before I lose it. Okay. I have a question, like, um, and I don't want to lose this. And also, feel free to not answer this question if it feels too much of like I have to answer for all women everywhere okay. type questions, right? Because you are you are you, right? So, but the question I have around this, I've talked about this internally. Do you think if there was a change in the sales comp structure, there also might it might attract more women? into the sales industry like this 50 50 split versus like a consistent higher base salary do you think if that was different would that change anything in your opinion
1: that's a good good question um well i think first paying women equitably might be the first (laughs) well yeah. yes. <laughs> so even from a base balance salary perspective it would be nice to um be, be paid equitably um i I personally you know um don't work for my base although um you know have had you know good ba- good base salaries but I think any really good salesperson gender you know, neutral gender, you know, taking gender out of it, um, any really good salesperson is going to be all about the um, total compensation package and the upside, uh, you know, that they can make from a commission perspective. So um, I know every industry is a bit different in terms of the way they structure their commission plans. But, um, you know, I think, I think a I think a, a good base where um particularly in a complex sales environment where there are longer sales cycle so is really important because you don't want your um salesperson worried about how they're going to pay their bills um you know give them enough that they're going to be able to have a you know a, a living make you know and, and be right. able to pay their bills but then really compensate them on, on the upside with no caps in order to, um, you know, to, to drive as much, um, income as possible. I would not take a job if there, if there was a cap an upside cap, Right. So I don't know. I think I, I, I don't, I think women just want to pay be paid equitably and given the same shot um as as men and once we get in and we start performing we're gonna you know we're gonna be able to succeed for sure the one other thing too just to, that I was kind of to keep my earlier train of thought was about as we get more women into leadership positions what's interesting Katie is that women tend to hire women <laughs> so men you know, have a desire to hire more women, whereas women are super committed to to hiring more women. And so I think as I think in terms of, you know, the strategy to close that gender gap is as we get more women into leadership roles, um, then they're going to be bringing more women into the pipeline. And that might not be a popular, you know, opinion. I don't know. Maybe some men will really get be out of sorts with that. But um, but. But. I, I do, I do believe that. Yeah,
0: I, I believe it. And again, I agree with it. And it's always, this topic's always going to rattle. It's always going to rattle some people and I don't care. <laughs> you don't care. That's why we're having this exactly. conversation, right? It's like to talk about this because truthfully, that's a whole, we don't have enough time today, but talking about in sales leadership is a whole nother bag to unpack because same idea of like, if they're not, you know, how, how did you say it's Like, can't be what they can't see if there's not female leaders and it also, it now it's almost that cycle. Then it's hard to get women into sales leadership because they don't see women in sales leadership and they don't see that. And it, it's it, just it perpetuates it's so
1: itself, right? It's just it's this, like, it's like this domino effect.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, you do. And you mentioned this, like that, the phrase of like, you can't find them. And this is where I always try to like, well, talk, it's like
1: yep. well,
0: applications are not finding you go, you go, you can find, you're just not trying to find. There's organizations like yours. There's organizations across this country where they're really they're built for this purpose. Have you really tried to find? Have you like, really? You tried, you went to, you know, girls who sell and they, they said, no, they wouldn't help. Like, and so you have to go find them and you touch on it very briefly. And I just want to make sure we call it out is the language because you know, how those job ads are written again, sometimes can go the wrong direction. Kill it. Hunter, aggressive, crusher. And if you don't identify with those words, because when you opened up and you said the skills that you had and you talked about listening, empathy, understanding, process-oriented, relationship builder, storyteller.
1: Being part of a team, team 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 team-orientation.
0: None of that was killer, crusher, sniper, (laughs) all-star, rock star.
1: Exactly. And so
0: it's like, y'all, I want you to pay attention to the language in your ads because same idea, right? Someone like Heidi might read and be like, yo, I got that. But not everybody. And so you could be pushing a whole segment of people away because they read it and they don't identify with that language. And I think like you touched on it super quick. And I just wanted to call that out of like the job ads, the recruiting ads. How you're messaging people on LinkedIn, like all of that matters. Even the and interview so-
1: process, right? Of of what you're oh my goodness, we could spend do a whole other show on oh, other just no. the questions that you asked during the interview process. Um, you know, tend to you know, all the sports analogies and you know, all this stuff. And so I, I just think it's an awareness, right? It just starts with an awareness and a commitment to get educated. And I think if you're, you know, if you have a willingness to do that and open your heart and open your mind um, to people who are different than you, then um, we're, we have the ability to change the world, right? Um, And it it doesn't only relate to girls, you know, to girls in sales, right? Right. I mean, I think it relates to, um, you know, any kind of diversity hire um, that, um, people just need to be become more aware. Um, and I think the I can't find them um, discussion is just because they are so narrow in terms of the definition of what's going to be successful or what they're looking for. And I just think that we just have to just bust that up and start looking at non-traditional channels and giving people... Um, with different levels of experience um, or from different cultures and different backgrounds, opportunities to succeed. And, you know, if we don't, then we're not going to, you know, I'm here going on what 33, 34 years and I haven't seen that much change. And, and frankly, Katie, I don't want to be here another 30 years from now having the same conversation or, you know, the women that I've, mentored and and put into sales i certainly hope that what we're doing will help um make the world a little bit better than it is is today and um that we're you know that we're opening up doors so that we can change change the conversation i love
0: it i love it and you already are and that's what's so cool It's like we're making progress At least a hope we're making progress because it's because of people like you out there taking action awareness is only the first step you got to take action because of the awareness, right? Like you actually have to take action with the awareness. And so or I knew this was there was no way I was going to be able to keep this under the time frame <laughs> that I wanted to. There's still so much more I want to talk to you about. So like we'll probably do a part okay. two would be my guess here. But like where can people go get more of what you're putting out? Where can they find the book? Where can they learn about the academy? Like where can they go to learn more about the action you're taking for this particular topic?
1: Uh, yeah, so I am really accessible through LinkedIn. Um, so you can look me up under Heidi Solomon Orlick. And um, I love to connect. Don't be shy. Reach out. Um, and I want to, you know, connect with you and see how I can help you. Uh, so that's, you know, definitely reach out. The second way is um, they can learn more about Girls Who Sell and the Academy through our website at www.. Girls with a Z who sell.com um and they can apply. Um, we're just um finishing our second cohort right now. We're gonna start enrolling for a third and fourth cohort. So um definitely um go you know go on to that. And the book, um, it's really wherever books are sold. So um Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, uh Walmart. I mean, anywhere that you can buy a book, um, you can go just um, but Amazon's probably the best place and just put in heels to deals, how women are dominating in business to business sales, and it'll pop right up.
0: Hell yes. Heidi, this was phenomenal. Like I said, we gotta go part two because we got more to unpack. We got more things to get into here. But I really, really appreciate the energy, the insights, and the action people can take. I really appreciate it. Thank you so Thank much.
1: Thank you, and thanks for wearing our girls who sell superpower hat and representing. I really uh, yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Your my, two daughters get, <laughs> okay,
0: my two daughters are going to get home from school today. You, I guarantee. Oh my you gosh! You I gotta send them. you
1: a second one now, so they both have it.
0: I do need to. I do need to. So awesome, Heidi! Thank you so much. Thank
1: you, baby.